everybody. Jeremy Vaney here. Our Undoing Radio is the program you're listening to, and not for long. At least not season four. We are about to wrap up with what is also the wrap-up of a conversation uh, with Teokas and Ghost Horse. This is on Prophecy. This is in the vein of Dispatches from Deep Listening, the pathless path at OurUndoing.com, which is a writing path about finding the deeper, unacknowledged meaning in what uh, others say, either in conversation or in things that we take to be truisms. Uh, What is the deeper thing there that's going unsaid? Well, in a conversation like this, it works a little bit differently, which is um, I don't think we're getting to anything beyond what Teokasin is meaning to say. I just think I uh, latched on to what I heard and didn't want to get into as he was saying it because I didn't want to ruin the flow of the conversation. I, I, I knew it would be a big derail. I didn't realize it would be its own episode worth of derail, but I knew it would be a big derail. But I also had a sense that it would be, if not important, certainly interesting to go down the road of, okay, what are you really saying here about prophecy? And, um, and oh boy, I'm learning stuff here. So at least one of us is. <laughs> I don't know if he is. I don't know if any of you are, but... Um, but who cares? It's a self-aggrandizing show. No, wait, I kid, I kid. Oh, you know, one thing I learned, well, I don't know if I learned it so much as I just find it interesting, that um, uh, I had forgotten that I did an episode about um, my own prophecy. You know, are, are prophecies pointless? Asking the question, what is the point? Um, and then here we are ending on a show about prophecy from... Uh, the Lakota perspective. So that was not on purpose. I, I'm just throwing that out there. It was a a happy accident that this season has two episodes on prophecy that um, are unique contributions to the conversation. Um, so there you go. Is that a synchronicity or just a coincidence? Who knows? I'll leave that to you. Uh, all right. So let's get to it. And I will be back for another season. But you can also go to OurUndoing.com and read a whole bunch of essays, watch a bunch of video, get a lot of audio. It's it's all there. I've started to rework, re-edit, revamp uh, the older essays that members paid for, and uh, I'm putting them out for free weekly, so along with some uh, older video and and older audio. So definitely go there and check it out. And if you want to become a member, you will open up a Shangri-La of that stuff. I mean, if you like what you're seeing and hearing, then you're going to be probably overwhelmed (laughs) by how much there is. So, uh, And also, as a a bonus, uh, as a member, you have already listened to this entire season because I... I give the entire season to binge listen um, to members before I release them weekly to the public. These episodes of Our and Doing Radio. So you could be that person who gets it ahead of time. Feed the addiction. Binge listen. Don't have an addiction. Come on. Have you learned anything from this show? <laughs> Stop being addicted to things. All right. Uh, here we go. Teokasin Ghost Horse takes us out of season four. 
and blows my mind in the process with a conversation about prophecy. When you were talking about prophecy, uh, it's funny because like we think of prophecy, or at least I guess I've always thought of prophecy, I'll, I'll use me, um, as sort of a psychic intuition or something like something comes to you psychically and then it foretells uh, an event in the future that's going to happen and it's kind of robotic that way, right? But as I was listening to you talk about prophecy, it sounds more like maybe there is a consciousness um, that we call prophecy, you know, a consciousness that's almost like a, a teacher who certain people communicate with and this teacher says, you know, at some point, here's what happens. But almost as like a sort of a guideline for you to, I don't know, be able to move with. Not not as an instruction manual on, on this date, this is going to happen and you must be prepared. But almost, yeah, just um, something that you move with as, a, as almost like bumper rails. Is, is that right? Is that close? Mm-hmm. That's it, kind of me- mechanically right. And if you think about um, sort of beyond that. I mean, is prophecy okay, a consciousness? Be- Would you say that there is a being that we just call prophecy because we don't understand that there's this being that we're speaking with? When I think about this, Jeremy, you know, what is prophecy? But that what it does is reaches out to us and it, that it beckons us, it calls to us. And where is that prophecy coming from? But is it just human derived or is it coming from someplace that we can't even begin to, to feel? But the effort that we have, have always understood prophecy in its present condition, the continuum that's here, right? So if we, we are watching the present condition of the earth, we know something's going to happen present in, in a prescience because she thinks in prescience. She knows what to do already. And if we're out of time or out of step of what, knowing what to do, then our languages are going to lag 20, 30, 40, 1,000, 2,000 years behind because we're stuck in industrial mechanical thinking and thinking that we can predict the future by measuring and, and weighing and how much cost effective. We, we, you know, that's like outdated. It's like somebody who's I spent time with on, on the air, you know, on one of these little, you know, panels are having – Everybody said their thing, right? And then he came on and just basically just kind of like scorched everybody by saying, God is this and God is going to come and peace on earth, you know, and, and, and they're still looking to leave. And I'm like, wow, you know, and I, he, they disagreed. He, he disagreed with, with domination, right? That's like, well, I didn't disagree with you. I just said this is how we, we know it. But you can go with your domination because I see the, the, the ravages of what domination is. So when we think about prophecy in this way, which one matters the most? Compare them? No. The prophecy of earth knows. My, I mean, in the old days, 26 words for the clouds telling you about the weather in in two months, the waves, watching the waves can tell you what's coming in two weeks, you know, um, things like that. Um, seeing Venus in the daylight and those of us out of touch can't even see it. That's what this prophecy provides. It, it's like 
the future is now. It's Akan to the, the ancient future now. And that medicine of prophecy is always centered, right? It's centered in the mystery. And if we have accepted the mystery even more so that we can never solve it, then that prophecy shines right through and through through to our bodies and our little brains and each cell kind of wake up in that consciousness where we don't even have to think anymore. We don't have to put things in concepts. We don't have to go from A to Z and thinking that, that we've conquered the earth. But we really, you know, we don't put ourselves in boxes anymore. And that's a relationship that we're looking for. Not We want to be related to the moon and the stars, which we know we are. We just... We we know we're related to everything. That's where Midakwe Oyasi comes. We're related, and we always we, we've been stunted to speak this other language, and maybe for a reason. The old ones prophesied that this way of life would change for a while, and then things would return to the continuum, not in a normal way that we've been described, but a continuum of always moving in motion, and that's the language, and that's where I can't really say and put it in subject form, what prophecy is, but I know it's not punitive. You know, uh, when you speak about the Lakota being inclusive, and of course, I know that uh, we, <laughs> the rest of us, the, the Americans, are uh, exclusive, and I, and I hear you talking about something like this, right? And, and I'm, I imagine that if I were an anthropologist and this were, I don't know, 19-whatevers, 50s, 60s, 70s, even 80s, um, I would be jotting down what you're saying to write a book about Lakota knowledge and about Lakota ways, uh, <laughs> right? Like, and I would say, this is how they view prophecy. This is, and it would become almost an instruction manual. Step one, step two, it would be nonsense. But this is the only mm. way that this mind would be able to relate is to pretend that I am separate from and different from you and that I'm taking in information like a robot, and now I'm regurgitating it back, and um, and we're all going to revel in my knowledge, and I'll probably win a book award because of how smart I am for just <laughs> having listened to you wrongly and jotted it down poorly. <laughs> mm. Um, mm. So when you say that the Lakota are inclusive, and and that's the person that you're speaking with, how do you include, how do you know to include that person? How do you see that person and, and include them? What is that inclusiveness? Well, let's just use you as an example in this individualism is that um, what happened when we called each other? What happened that this technology is kind of, we assumed that we would get in touch with each other and that we'll act up once in a while with a glitch. What happens with the glitch? We think, oh, there's something wrong with technology, or we, do we think that um, consciously? But we know that there's some interference in it because technology is not perfect. So when I say inclusiveness, there's always this imperfectness in it. So in this inclusiveness where it disappears beyond exclusiveness and inclusiveness, the, the, the duality of both of those things where it becomes all relational, that because we, our, our language is coming from the origin when everything related first. It's the great welcoming to us. It's this, um, our, our bodies are in the soul instead of the soul being only in the body. So where does that soul 
our bodies being in a soul. Where is the soul? It's, it's all beyond. So we accept what's beyond, and that beyond can never, never, ever be defined. But it's, it's always within sight. How is that? It's always within feeling. So relational is not empathy or love or only these subjective things. Of course, I'm going to arguments for that. But it, it's, it's not an ideal. Relational values are so practical that you really can't apply them in a Western way. Because you're going to have to package them and put them into some psychology couch. You know, and, and that, that is what we know. It's like, oh, everything is in packages now. How to do something. But when, when I think about what does, what does inclusiveness mean in Lakota, it always goes back to these words, mitakoe oyasi, right? The seed within the seed within the seed within the seed, you just can't ever stop. The atoms, atoms define inclusiveness, or exclusiveness, but they're always moving. So if, if your hand moves from one way to the other, and it goes out of sight, we're not included, but yet the, the, the movement is always there. So it just makes us, confuses us. It's like, because we don't understand what's beyond. We have to work with the mystery that we, it's in front of us here to understand what's beyond. So it's practical mystery in that sense. So I don't know if that's neatly packaged for you, what? but inclusiveness, <laughs> inclusiveness, mitakuye is that which is related, it's voicing all the time. It's voicing the relationship that, that's in the universe that was given before we even could speak or even think. Hmm. It's funny because the seed within a seed that can work the other way, which is now I hear you saying this and I completely understand it. And it opens, it opens me, you'd say it opens my heart. Uh, and I mistake that for a big spiritual transformation that I think just happened to me. And so now... I go and I write a book about how I had this big spiritual transformation and how interconnected I am. <laughs> and it's, you see, so I'm still writing the same book. I'm still doing the same process because it's still being filtered through that, that brainiac person that I thought I just transcended. Yeah. Uh, so the seed within a seed also applies to our, what I, I would call a diseased mind or a, an unhealthy mind. And I'm wondering if the disease, you know, as we were talking about the COVID virus, the disease that is medicine, is there a, is there a way to find medicine in ourselves, in our own sense of disease, so that that echo chamber stops and we really do just, you know, become yeah. what we just wrote that we were? Mm, yeah. So, so do you think that there is a cure? To anything. Do I think that there's a cure to anything? Yeah. Um, uh, well, I think, I don't think there's, I think the things that we're talking about, I, I don't think that there is anything that, that you, you can do. I think it is simply the seeing the, understanding the problem so deeply that there's no more problem. It's clear. And if you do that with enough issues of mm -hmm. yourself, you may, if you're lucky, wake up one day and go, oh, wait a minute. I'm still that guy who is now like addicted to clearing up my issues. And mm. in that moment, 
your final issue clears up and there's silence and you are that silence. So I think there's a deep understanding that clears away everything. And there's that moment. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'll ask that question because I'll take it from, from, well, I'll think about the simplistic view, if that's what it is. To, I don't mean it in a denigrating way, that the word implies, but if a medicine person of the Lakota and someone comes to them and says, oh, boy, you're a great shaman, you know, I've heard the great, great things that pe- you heal people. And it's like, so the, the Lakota medicine person says, I don't heal. I don't have a cure for anything. I can only strengthen your spirit so that you can heal yourself. So when you think about that deeper statement of it, it's, it's like the, the medicine person is dissolving the individuality into a greater whole. Not scientifically, but dissolving and opening up the world around you so you can see the medicine everywhere that's being offered. So your whole rewiring changes, your whole uh, brain, in a sense, um, understand that there's much more than the brain. So, so it's beyond individualism. So that's where I'm saying part of uh, inclusiveness is, is, is dissolving the individualism. The aloneness that the brain teaches you or this way of living teaches you. Um, so the program is no longer effective. It's, you stepped out of the matrix type of thing. And then now you're, you're looking at, wow, that little fly up there or that, that, that light over there. You're seeing everything is medicine. And yet I think about how when, when people don't see, do they feel more or do they hear more more? You know, and, and are those senses that we have medicine? And have we taken care of those senses? Have we eaten too little, too much, drank too much water, we drove too long? So we're, we're out of balance. So basically, the, the balance of oneself in that sense of understanding what medicine is, is by um, opening up, uh, assisting others, um, not just humans, Right. Going, acknowledging birds, acknowledging all of those things that we may just routinely do. But when you really look at things that are moving, nothing is moving as fast as human beings, or at least until now, it seems, because everything was like human beings got to get this done, get that done, get get, it done. Like, what the hell is a hurry? Now we're slowed down. We don't know what to do because we can't. We're so doing that we forgot how to be. And so. When we look at the medicine that's being offered here, earth is coming, coming in a way of cleansing itself, and that's the first medicine. Her consciousness is not left, and she's not feeling bad or wrong or, you know, guilty, because she's never ignored us. She's always been giving to us. She's always been listening to us. But, again, as a lesson that we have to understand how is she listening to us, and we know that that's a medicine. We understand how she's listening to us because she listens to the birds because they're still doing the original instructions. They're still behaving, so to speak, and doing their part in balancing life here. So I think, you know, by just caring for others and human beings, I think is part of the medicine that we forgot. Yeah. And I, and I see that. I see what you're saying and um, the role of the medicine person, but the, 
it's interesting too because the role of the medicine person then I, I would agree is to point out something but not really teach it right because the person has to look around and go oh wow right they have to understand that the world is bigger broader deeper than they knew uh and i think i i just see it in even my own uh circle of friends of sort of the quote-unquote new agey type people who think we're talking about the same thing but but they're they're so obsessed with self-evolvement and involvement and you know growing the self and being a better self and you know, every, everyone's doing the inner work, right? Everyone, everyone seems to just constantly be doing their own work. It's never about, like you said previously, helping others. Um, how do you help instead of receiving help? How do you help? And being someone who helps, um, not to be able to label themselves as a helper. Oh, look at me. I'm a helper, but just there's no interval of thought. It's just there's a problem and you help. Uh, if you're that person, then there's no need for all the other stuff, right? There's no need to, to be growing. You're it. You're, you're already it. There's no help that you need. You're already help. <laughs> uh, does, if that makes sense. Uh, so, but there are so many people who, people who don't see that, but because we're using similar words or the same words, they think that they, they get it, and, but they're still inside. They're hearing what they want to hear. You know, and so they just move on yeah. with the self-help stuff and the, you know, building up the self and uh, yeah. giving myself great powers and meditation poses and all of this. Um, mm. That that I, I guess the the sort of delusional part is that they think they're helping themselves. <laughs> they think that there is a self to help yeah. and they're doing it. Uh, yeah. As opposed to just again, I, I just come back to just stop. Like even I would think. In the presence of a, a medicine person who is showing you, I mean, one thing has to stop to see the other. You have to stop seeing through the little lens to see the bigger lens. And if you need someone to point that out, of course, we all need someone to point that out at some point. Um, but then we have to actually do it. We can't just shove that big thing through the small lens and go, yeah, I'm doing it. Uh, the little lens has to go. And so many of us think that we've done that. Because it sounds good to say, and, but but it hasn't really happened. And so here we are. Hmm. Yeah, it, it sounds like um, someone who's lost an identity, you know. So to find herself, a constant work on ourselves to, because we lost an identity. Um, because we don't want to identify with the earth because that's primitive. You know, we have to evolve past the earth and her intelligence. So we are supreme in that sense. So there's sort of this aggrandizement of the human spirit, so to speak, so that we're not ever going to be here. We're going to leave soon and you know, go to heaven or wherever we've thought that out. But there's always this amount of interference. And this interference is aggressive, even to oneself. We, we are interfering with other people's lives who are unbalanced. I'm talking about cultures. So we have to interfere with them because we're not satisfied with who we are. We, we try to convince them that you're wrong and you should be chasing money. You should be living the way we do. But look, we have cars and we have, they're not thinking that they're not saying that there's bombs behind it. How did they get these, this material goods is through war. 
But that, that's what I'm saying, the interference that the war is going on inside because they've interfered with something that was already balanced. So they're trying to dominate what they're feeling through emotional interference. So the aggressiveness is like, wow, this person's a nice person. They're smiling at me. They're wearing all the right colors. They're saying all the right things. But there's some alarm going off in me. Like, wow. That person is a vulture or a, a, you know, is sucking energy. Um, Because if you're speaking a language of energy, which I think has been shamanized beyond beyond recognition, is (laughs) is that that idea of energy work. We have to do this and do that. But you have the the same formula over and over. Like, okay, that's nice. That's really nice. It's here, but it kind of feels toxic to me after a while, you know. So I don't want to hang around New Agers. I don't want to hang around scientists. Scientists. I don't want to hang around philosophers. I don't want to hang around professors, you know. But I'll talk to everyone because maybe they don't want to hang around me because maybe maybe my thoughts are too organic and primitive. But that that's what it is. So, but because I, I always know, I've always known that the closer you are to the earth, you have more medicine you have more the ability to understand consciousness intuition because she is giving it to you it's not a human self-help i i achieved self-awareness through human formula you know it's like that's what's 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 imbalancing because we're interfering with our own natural balance to understand what true intelligence is the generosity of mother earth not come we're not be generous with her you know, she is, she's generous, and we're not, we're not allowing that value to come through. We're interfering with it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's funny, too, not funny, funny, but, you know, funny, that um, as we talk about people, you know, that we all sort of filter what we're hearing through our own filters. Um, but there are a lot of people whose filters just don't make sense. Their filters are word vomit, so... If their filters are, I like things that, uh, with the word density, frequency, you know, chakra, vibration, matrix, go down the list of sort of new agey words that have, you know, been stolen. Um, if, if I hear Teokasin say one of those words, then I don't have to listen to anything he's saying because he's saying exactly what I'm saying. Everything that I already know, because he said one of those trigger words, right? <laughs> And so it's it's almost like I see so many people who just really don't hear what a, another person is saying because they've picked up on the one one or two words and gone, oh, I know what that means. And so he's saying what I'm saying. And it's a way to not ever have to um, have real relationship with anyone. It's a way to not have to even have responsibility with Earth. It's a way to put those things off, but under the guise of, I'm either above it, I, I've transcended, that's why I understand this language, or I'm working on myself and I'll, I'll get back to you. I'll get back to that when I'm done with me. And it's, it's sort of this, um, I don't know, ver- like I say, sort of word vomit barrier between the actual and you um, that puts off, like, you know, it, it makes life a big procrastination which is why you're never actually getting there. You're always on your way there. Oh, I'm on my way to being better. I'm on my way to health. I, 
But then meanwhile, you know, as Carol, my wife Carol, loves to, uh, to, to say and to joke about, you know, we go to Island Naturals, which is sort of the, the hippy-dippy organic store that we love and we go to. And all the people who are above it all, they're the ones who are bumping you with their carriages and not saying, oh, excuse me, right? <laughs> like, they're the yeah. ones who are the head in the clouds who are just dropping trash on the floor or something. You know what I mean? It's that kind of thing where it's so they, – they so think that they are above conscious that they don't – It's it would almost be harder to reach them and say, this is unconscious um, because they think that they've transcended all of that. Uh, if that makes sense. So, hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how, <laughs> I don't know how yeah. to reach the people who think they've already been reached. Yeah. Who needs to reach them? Maybe they're out of reach and that they'll always be, um, part of the prophecy is that the earth spins. Now, now metaphorically, the earth is spinning. I mean, physically it's spinning. Cosmologically it's spinning. It's in motion. Um, we could go with that astronomy, whatever. But when you come back to the people who've been here for a while and observed the Earth movement and everything, she says she's spinning. And people are going to fly off. Now, what would we think? But, you know, fire and brimstone mentality that, oh, you know, then we're, 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 just, we're just material things. But what, what they were talking about was the Earth is spinning and she needs to spin uh, to all these things that people that want to go off and out there and find life any place else, then they should go. But on the way there, they have to develop within their own um, layers of psychology outcomes. You know, Earth is behaving a certain way. So what's going to come? Uh, what, what's going to come out? A new personality. So now we're dealing with another personality when we couldn't even figure out the first one in the first place, right? In the last place. So we'll have all these personality types and we'll go for it because it fits, you know, whatever. But it, it never, it's always looking for the validation of itself. So it, it, it's, um, uh, how do I say? So it's always trying to return to its original, to, to get it back. I heard a lot of Native people say, well, we've got to get our land back. But that's the way we've been told to say it. We know what we mean is that we remember because the earth has a memory also. So here's the, the memory of the balance that the earth is saying that we have to say in, in English. We need to get our land back because we know how to balance with that. We feel that balance at this place. And in that way, it's not turning us into 10, 20, 30, 50 different personalities because it's fits the, the time of psychology that's come along now, all these trauma. One thing happened, boom. The other thing happened, you know. And so to keep it simple, simplest, we, we are still looking for the tricks to get ourselves back to the garden, so to speak. And yet it, it's always been there, and we're continually looking through the eyes of egotism. You know, egoism, I guess that's the word. And we're not really understanding the memory of the earth. She doesn't forget us. She has never forgotten us. So, you know, just everything I do, tokahe makaina, is, is Mother Earth has already thought about me. The dream is, is here now. So much that, that is, um, I know it's real. 
So here it is. We've been talking about this all this time, and most people now they don't know what to do. They they were stuck in the, the prophecy of, and now they're here. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to feel about it. So isn't this what you were preparing for? This time you call paradigm shift and all those new agey comforty words that brought out different personalities. This is that time we're in now. Recognize the practical mystery that we can do. It's not an open window or a portal. It's here for the rest of time, so to speak. It's here. And it's not going to change. We're not going to go back there. There'll be remnants and threads of it, but something not new, something not old, something that now is happening. Because that's the balance is to think in the now of what what can we give now that we've not recognized with the earth? So what, what I, you know, probably not even answering your question, but for me, it's that we, uh, we're not geniuses in spirituality, but we pretend to be. And a lot of people have to blow the smoke around and don the feathers and all that, but it's what happens when all that disappears is when the consciousness, I, I took these two old professional white folks to Standing Rock, they couldn't think because they were in in balance because people there were thinking earth they were defending the, the sacredness of earth and that's why they couldn't think about that because they they're they trying to define this sacredness and you can't define the mystery but we have words for it and you have to have a certain personality in order to have a definition of that so we put the garments of this different personality on you know, and, and, and I say, I'm Lakota. That doesn't mean it's a personality. It's just a question. It's an asking. Lakota is asking for the original instructions. So how to, how to live here? And I think that, that's what it's all about, is learning how to live, how, how to be at peace with the earth.